liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome to a very special episode of Liberty Lockdown. I once again have my buddy Charlie Robinson in the building of Macroaggressions Podcast. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me back. Let's get weird. <laughs> Let's do it, buddy. Uh, so yeah, we uh, it's it's the anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. And, and I think that we have learned a lot over the past uh, 20 years uh, in terms of you know interventionism and whether or not we want to vibe with that. But we've also learned a lot over the past 18 months in terms of totalitarianism and and kind of having the war on terror brought home. So I wanted to get into it with you as to like all the all the correlations and, and what lessons you've learned. So let's start there. What what correlations do you see um, between the covid response and the war on terror, the war on covid and the war on terror? Yeah, well, I, I would say a, a common thread are the co-conspirators in the mainstream media without whom the 9-11 agenda would not have taken off. Sure, you would have heard reports of New York City plane crash building. You would have seen pictures. But but the way that the media did that, in a, it put it on a loop, put that snuff film out there for everybody to see it, to, to traumatize, to trauma-based mind control people, however you want to look at it, that was not accidental. I, you know, there were kids watching, there were old people watching. They didn't say, you know, there wasn't like a warning, like, you know, we're going to show you something, you know, parental discretion advised. There's none of that. They wanted you to be scared. They wanted you to be fearful. They wanted you to internalize that and come up with a feeling. And the feeling they wanted was let's go get these guys. Let's go get these guys that did it. Take the gloves off if you need to. I don't care. Just do what you need to do so that we never have to experience this again. You know, let's the, the let's get them there so they don't get us here sort of philosophy. Now, that's the media doing that. Of course, it was, as we know, 9-11 wasn't an organic event. It wasn't 19 Arab hijackers with box cutters or any of that. The official story is the conspiracy theory. You know, like people say, oh, you conspiracy theorists with your story. Man, if somebody sold that 9-11 story, if somebody went into went to Hollywood and tried to sell that, tried to pitch that idea to somebody, there's these, there's this guy in a cave and he's got all these tunnels there and he's orchestrating this. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's so dumb. <laughs> it's too far-fetched. You know, <laughs> even people with a good uh, uh, you know, imagination could never get on board with that. But but God forbid you come off of that narrative and you say anything contrary to that especially back then you were anti-American, you were unpatriotic, you were opening us up to uh, having a second attack by thinking this way. How dare you? It was tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree and all that horse shit that they, that they engineered for us to get us into a mind frame where we were one, for one, very scared and, and maybe rightfully so. Like when that happens, you see that you don't know how to react. You think, oh, this could, this could be a yearly thing for all, you know, sure. and, 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 and so where I see the overlap between, uh, the war on terror and the war on COVID is the media being involved, the media telling you don't believe these outrageous conspiracy theories, as George W. Bush said, you know, uh, don't, be, don't believe in, in, in these ivermectin, these horse, horse medicines and things like that, you know, so, so 
they're telling you what you're allowed to think and they're telling you what you're not allowed to think. You're not allowed, you know, they made it very, very clear, you know, we, you know, do not entertain these conspiracy theories um, on 9-11. Well, that to me is just like a gigantic red flag that says, look into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with COVID. You weren't allowed to talk about ivermectin or remdesivir. You weren't allowed to talk about any of these. Zinc, vitamin D, vitamin D will get you banned on YouTube. That's right. that's where we are. So it is, it's a control the narrative situation. It's everybody has to be fearful. It's another, it's an invisible enemy, right? Ter- Cause terrorists are sort of invisible enemies. I don't know any terrorists uh, except for all my friends that are domestic terrorists, right? <laughs> Air quotes. right. Uh, but, but you, you know, you, it's an invisible enemy that's going to kill you unless we give trillions of dollars to big pharma or the military industrial complex or whoever. And the media is going to tell you what to believe. And if, and if anybody else, but the mainstream media tells you what to believe, you're not supposed to listen to that. So there's, there's a lot of overlap and, and, and it, and what I think is interesting though, is that you've got the, you know, the nine 11 event woke me up, not, not on that day, but two years or so afterwards, it woke me up to, to like, Hey, I think this maybe isn't exactly how they, it didn't happen exactly how they said it would happen. And it made me start to question things. And I'm, and I'm thinking that COVID will do the same thing for a segment of the population. It's going to, for them, it'll be their 9-11 where they go, you know, early on, I kind of went with it because I wasn't sure. I didn't know any better. Didn't have a, didn't know this relationship with the mainstream media. I thought, eh, I don't love them, but I don't think that they're pathological liars. So I didn't know any better. And then it just kind of, you know, the, the COVID narrative has has a has a building seven in it too you know <laughs> where 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 you've got a bunch of these people they're like hey wait a second you told us all the unvaccinated people were gonna we're gonna die from this or all the people that got covid were gonna die from this and yet i don't see any of that maybe maybe this story isn't exactly true so so or or the wuhan institute of virology could be a uh, tower seven you know for, for sure absolutely yeah, yeah. Where, where, where there's some part and you go they want us to focus on the story. You know, that you've seen the meme never, you know, like the, of, of the skyline of New York and it's got the two twin towers and it says, never forget. And then a building seven next to it. And it says, forget, forget, yep. <laughs> you yep. know? And so, so it's like, never forget COVID. And there's like the Wuhan Institute forget. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's the media's job. Keep you on track, give you the, the acceptable parameters in which you're allowed to debate and you, we can talk about, you know, this or that, but if you get outside of that, then they cut you off. So yeah, yeah there's a lot of similarities. And the, the other big similarity that um, you touched on, but didn't go much into detail is that, yes, we have an invisible enemy and the solution is not just for you to give us all your money or to allow us to print your money into being worthless, but it's also to give up all of your liberty. You yeah. got it. Yeah. So it's because the virus hates liberty. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But but the, the thing that's so much more nefarious, in my view, about the COVID hysteria is that it took the war on terror and it made your fellow countrymen the terrorist. It made yeah. the unvaccinated the terrorist. It made them the invisible enemy, but they're actually your neighbor. So they're not invis- invisible. And it really this is why, you know, uh, libertarians who opposed the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and the NSA and, and TSA and having all of our liberties stripped away is like the slope is slippery. Like this, this is, this is where it goes. Like you end up with, if you accept the principle that when under threat, you should give up rights, 
well, then the next time you're under threat, you're just going to lose more rights because they don't give them back. Like we didn't get any of our rights back after 9-11. In fact, it, it only increased exponentially year after year in terms of like surveilling everybody. So to me, 9-11 and the war on terror stripped us of our privacy rights. And now the COVID war, the war on COVID is stripping us of our bodily autonomy, medical privacy. And it's also now laying the groundwork for potential, potential, you know, indefinite detention. I mean, like that's really, if you look at Australia, it's horrifying. And and I really think that that's the track we're on. Is that overstating it at all? No, no, it's in, it maybe even understating it because that that's true. Look, are we still taking off our shoes before we get on the airplane? Yes, we are. Yep. You know why? Everyone know why? Because the terrorists could have liquid explosives in their shoes. And that's the reason why, we, I mean, it's, it's, it's so stupid. And yet we're still doing it. Now we're actually conditioned to do it. It's like, well, that's just the way it is. Right. And there's, and the young, younger generation that didn't, didn't grow up, you know, doesn't, you know, maybe wasn't really an adult when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. They believe that the TSA, Department of Homeland Security have always been there. They have not. That is an after 9-11 type of thing that came in there. Uh, you used to be able to go like to the your gate. family could like walk you to the gate yep. in the in the airport. And I remember I remember when I landed in, in Colorado Springs, where my most of my dad's family was in like 1998. And my great grandmother and a bunch of people were at the gate when I arrived. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing. Like I hadn't seen her in years. She comes over and gives me a big hug. That shit is not, that doesn't exist now. Like you have to no. wait through, you walk through a half a mile of security and clearance and all this shit. And then you get your bag and then maybe you'll have your family at the, at the, you know, the sidewalk. Right. But so yeah. what is, what is the equivalent of taking your shoes off for COVID? You know, what is, what is that? Yeah. Face masks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That, that, that's it. That, that'll be normalized. And, and, and early on, you know, the thing with, with nine 11 is that you, you know, if you don't know the ins and outs of it, you can, you can justify it to yourself. You can say, well, you know, who cares? It's just my shoes. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I'll take my shoes off if it does prevents this. And you can rationalize it to yourself in a way. Um, as you start to learn more, more about it, then you go, wait a second, taking my shoes off does nothing. Let's just be honest. And, and, and then and hang on a second. It's, it's not even about my shoes. It's about you telling me that I have to jump through these ridiculous hoops to prevent everyone from getting killed from a terrorist attack, which was orchestrated by a very different faction than the ones they, they tried to pin it on. So, so with COVID, I'm worried that the, you know, the, the, the normalization of mask, mask culture, um, the, 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 the normalization of treating unvaccinated people as pariahs or contaminated somehow, which when you look at it, it's the exact opposite if you want to get technical. Um, but this normalization and almost, uh, you know, th th they're, they're making it seem as if it's not just normal, but it's, it's your duty to shun these, these unwashed, uh, dirty, unvaccinated maniacs that are coming to kill grandma and everything. And it's, you want to just shake the shit out of people and say, listen to the things that are going through your head. Like, this is crazy. You, you, you honestly believe this? I've been unvaccinated for a long, long time. Was I, was I any more of a threat to you a month ago or two years ago or whatever? You, it doesn't make any sense. But then again, if you are in the market for a job, I have the connection for you. 
Not only is it a buddy of mine, but it's also a liberty-minded company, which you can feel comfortable in supporting and vice versa. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the daily job hunt newsletter. It is a once daily newsletter for free that hits your inbox every morning, gives you just a little bit of information and inspiration on how to get the job of your dreams. It's really quality stuff and it costs you nothing. No harm in doing it. If you are in the position of being discontented with your work for any reason whatsoever, be it mandates, be it just that you, you haven't got a raise, even though uh, you know wages are skyrocketing, this is your opportunity to go get that job that you deserve. Don't wait. The eviction and foreclosure moratoriums are ending as well as unemployment insurance. So Time is of the essence. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the free daily job hunt newsletter. The one thing that, well, not the one thing, but an additional thing that both of these agendas have in common is that they have to use a, a, a healthy dose of fear and they have to keep the fear constant. And if you keep the fear constant, you can control all these people. You can, you can, it, you know, it's, it's the, the easiest and best used method of control, which is why the nightly news every night is just fear porn for 30 minutes followed at the very end with a story about, you know, we rescued a cat out of a tree. And, <laughs> and so you're like, Oh, that was sweet. And then it goes on to something else. So, so if you have the fear component, you can keep this going for a long, long time. And and you notice, oh, Charlie, a new a new variant just dropped, the Omega Moves. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm just adding evidence to what you're saying. Is like as long as you keep the fear con- constant. Well, it, it, if if the fear if the fear begins to alleviate about the existing issue, well, they just come out with a new version of it. Right, and and what we saw in the summer of 2020 was in say June, right? You know, so so everything starts in March. Things get a little weird for a couple months not really sure about masks. Maybe you wear them, maybe you don't. Fauci says don't. CDC says don't. Uh, FDA says don't. Um, then we get to July and June comes and people are kind of like going back to their own thing. They're like, well, this is weird, but whatever. I'm back in the grocery store. I'm doing all my stuff. But then July comes and the mask mandates kick in during the summer, which didn't make any sense. But it does make sense if you look at it as a visual representation of an invisible virus, you know, a, a visual representation of fear. So in July, when you go into the grocery store and everybody's got a mask on, either you're in Anchorage, Anchorage Alaska, or it's just something is happening here. There's right. there, like, it's undeniable that you might not know what, but you know something because you've never been in a grocery store where everybody's got masks and now everybody has them. So now you start to be fearful. And so they've got to keep that, that, that fear going. The masks are, are a huge part of that. Now in the winters, they're going to have actual flu because of the seasonal uh, component of it. So you're going to get it. Masks may be kind of unnecessary during the winter because you'll have real representation of viruses by people being actually sick. Mm-hmm. In the summer, though, it's it's very important to keep everybody masked so that it keeps the perception going of uh, that there's a virus and everybody's dying. Well, so- th- think about the think about the brilliance of this too. If you're if you're one of the people that manages to not watch the news, to not be propagandized, you might not know what's happening unless everyone in public is wearing a mask. So they they took it out of the propaganda propaganda realm, which is normally you know news uh hollywood stuff and they just said we're gonna get we're gonna get it in everyone's face there's no there's no one in america that didn't get to see someone wearing a mask over the past 18 months so that's that's how you take it from the tv screen to reality you know yeah yeah and once you've got it in reality 
then you've got an interesting component. Then you have, then you just let the general public do the work for you. You let them self-censor, shame you, uh, ostracize you, use social pressures and things like that. And, and of course the media does a little bit, they get people going, but but you saw the, the grocery store Karens of the world yelling at people, telling them to pull their masks up. We saw this, the insanity on airplanes where the flight attendants were saying, you got to pull your mask up over your nose. And I had the same thing happen to me on a flight where the flight attendant put his hands on me and I turned around and took two steps right into his face and said, don't you don't put your hands on me. And he says, you need to pull your mask up over your nose. And I was like, don't touch me. You right. know, I was like, I thought oh, I'm going to get thrown off this plane before I even <laughs> get to my seat. You know, I, I, I literally walk in, make that turn. And then the guy's on me. And well, so hey, we'll, we'll all be on no fly lists eventually, Charlie. Oh, Just I mean, absolutely. do what you got to do. Yeah, we're we're gonna somebody some some crypto bazillionaire guy is gonna start a, an unvaccinated airline and it's going to be a huge success. I'm oh, talking God, I hope. Um, so, so yeah, this is, this has been, you know, the, the, the overlap of, of nine 11 and COVID, um, one of the things that also signals is that, listen, the war on terror, uh, philosophy is still with us two decades later. And I think the war on COVID philosophy will still be with us in some shape or form, uh, for the next two decades as well. I think it's obviously going to get much worse, but there's there's a weird pushback. I mean, that you're starting to see some cracks in the facade, and I think that that's a that's obviously a good sign. We're seeing questions about Fauci. We're we already saw questions about Bill Gates. Um, we're starting to see the memes of like, uh, you know, people with three vaccines turning on the two vaccine people right. and all that stuff. That's good. That actually is. Um, that's that's a good sign. So I'm seeing some cracks in the facade here, but like you mentioned earlier, the one component of this that really terrifies me is what's happening in Australia. And I know that I've got a huge Australian population that listens to my show. I think you probably do too, because they're, let's face it, the people are great, man. The Australian, the Australian people are some of the best. Their government sucks though. They're the worst. And so what we're seeing is this authoritarian crackdown that we know if it works there, we'll get exported. And, 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 you know, I've never been a big gun guy. I'm, I, I understand the need for them. I, I respect people's right to have them. I think I actually think everyone should have them, but I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not really into it, but yeah. holy shit, Australia is in its, the situation it is in right now because they are disarmed and they are on a large Island. Those are two things that you have to recognize. If that happens to you, if they disarm you, like as Mao said, you disarm the population before the slaughter, then you understand where this is going. And you don't want to, you don't want to project that. You don't want to think about that. You don't want to bring that negativity in, but you have to be honest and you have to be objective. And where I see things going in Australia is this is what happens when the population is disarmed. Yep. Now, I, I mean, they're not, I, I had a, an Australian on my show to give like on the ground reporting. Um, and, and he said, you know, you can still have a gun in Australia, but you have to be in a, a um, like a, what do you call it? I don't know, some sort of like membership group, like a gun, gun membership or something like that. So like the government knows everybody that has a gun, which is why Americans fight against registries so hard is because yeah. we don't want the government knowing what we have. Like the, the key is for whether or not you intend to use the weapon, the key is to have a meaningful method of self-defense and for them to not know what blade of grass it hides behind. I mean, that's, that's the whole 
principle of it. And and to your point, I'm not a big gun guy either, despite the the logo and the fact that I do have a gun now. But it's like I've never I was never a gun guy. Like growing up, yeah. didn't have it, didn't hunt, none of that. No military background in my family, nothing, nothing. But as soon as the lockdowns happened, I was the first person in line at the gun store. I was like, if you're going to lock me in my house indefinitely, I'm going to be armed because I know that this is the first step amongst many steps that leads to something very fucking dark. And I'm not yes. going to go into that good night with my eyes closed. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is Australia to me is, is the testing ground for what they would like to do globally. To me, that is a declaration of war on freedom loving people. Like that's how I view it. I think it's, it's not overstating it to say that they are treating Australians as if they are, you know, slaves, like they, they can do whatever they want to them. And those people have no meaningful uh, method of self-defense. Now I am hopeful, as you said, because they're, the truckies are, are doing shutdowns of freeways and they're trying to really put up a fight. The, the problem is that so such a huge percentage of the population is in support of what's occurring. And That's exactly. And, and it's it's not too dissimilar to here. I mean, I think it's probably closer to 50 50 here, whereas there I think it's more like 75 25 or maybe even 80 20. Um, but if if you get into it, and this is why I, I'm not a I, I don't value democracy is because if the majority wants tyranny, democracy doesn't protect you. And that's the, that's the case in Australia. So uh, I'm just trying to trying to draw attention, both because I care about Australian people, but more so because I'm horrified that if if they succeed there, you're going to see it tried here. And I'm sure you're afraid of the same thing. I am. But I am. I'm also uh, very it's it's uh, I'm I'm very encouraged when I see that the idea, the the like you mentioned, the truck, the, the trucks uh, deciding to uh, I don't I don't know if it was block just block the freeways or refuse to deliver or both i've heard that they're going to like roundabouts and blocking the roundabouts and waiting for the police to show up and then when the police show up then they move on and then they're announcing that they're going to be somewhere to block that place and all the police go there but they're actually not going there they're going somewhere else and so good these these guerrilla tactics or whatever you want to call it non-asymmetric warfare this is what we need. And everyone, you know, Joe Biden came out a couple, like, I don't know, a month ago saying, oh, you want to take on the U.S. government? Hope you have nuclear weapons and F-16s. Really? Do we need that? Because I saw a bunch of farmers in Vietnam kick the shit out of America. <laughs> and I saw a bunch of sandal wearing Afghans beat the shit out of the United States over 20 years. So do we really need nuclear nuclear bombs or do you just need a cohesive strategy? for making the government have to not know where to put their resources so that you can mess with it. If we had a trucking strike in the United States, oh. a coordinated one against something like this, where they said, oh, listen, we're going to go into lockdowns and we're going to do this, this, and this. And the truckers just all in mass came together and, and shut it down. Things would change. So we have to start thinking about things like that. Oh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to impose some new some new crackdown. Well, guess what? We're going to go encircle the police chief's house until we get this. To, to, you're going to do this. At, you know, you're going to institute critical race theory at our school. We're going to go to the school boards. We're going to get every single parent there to 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 make their voices heard uh, until those school board uh, administrators resign or change their mind or something. So we need to re recognize that. It's come to the point now, you're right, we don't have nuclear bombs and F-16s to fight the government. We don't have those. And frankly, we don't need those. We have something different. We have the people. We have the ants. They are the grasshoppers. We've got them outnumbered. We can 
we can vote with our dollars. We can vote with our attention, our energy. We can we can gum up the system so that nothing gets done. I mean, we can we have options here. We need to remember that. So it's it's the media's job is to tell us that all hope is lost, and our job is to remind people that's not the case, and that we've got some different ways of doing it. So so I, I'm I'm simultaneously am conflicted here. So I'm like, I'm frustrated and scared at the direction we're going. And then at times I'm optimistic and hopeful when I see things like this uh, pop off. Well, a perfect example is with social media and censorship. It's like, it's like, yes, is censorship a problem? And is it hurting our, our efforts to actually fight it back against this stuff? Yes, it is. But Social media has also made it so that I can reach 20,000 people every time I hit send on a tweet. I reach 10,000 people every time I speak into a microphone. Like, that's fucking enormous. And I couldn't yeah. have done that prior to the internet and social media. So it's like it, you take the good with the bad and, and you got to decide, you know, what will prevail. I think pre free people will prevail. Ultimately, we're more innovative. We're, we're more intelligent. We're free thinking. Like, you can't fuck with us if we can come together in a meaningful way. So I think that long-term we're going to be fine. Short-term, I'm very concerned because at this point, so many people are still asleep um, that I'm not sure I'm not sure how this plays out. However, I think that your point earlier about how 9-11 was for you and I, because I was a very young man, I think I was 18 years old when 9-11 happened, um, you know, that was my red pill moment too. You know, that's where I went, I, I was already a libertarian from birth basically because of my dad, but when 9-11 happened and I saw how the government responded to it, all the treatment that they put us through, I became a more radical version of libertarianism. Yeah. <clears throat> now, for those kids, I mean, there's adults now that weren't born when 9-11 happened, you know, 18, 19 year olds now. So this this is their same moment. Like you can be born in 2000 and, and be hitting this period and feeling the exact same way I did on 9-11 as you watch the government mistreat you for something that was probably caused by the government ultimately. Um, yeah. So- so I think this is a, the the comparison of the cognate is very similar there. It's like like yes, we are having an entirely new generation of people get red pilled into the same stuff that you and I got, and and for that reason alone, I think it it would be foolish not to have some hope, you know. Yeah, and you can understand 9-11, even if you weren't alive during it, like the same way I can understand the Kennedy assassination, even though I wasn't alive for that. Sure. But when you live through it, yeah. when you see it with your own eyes and it impacts you, there's something about that that makes it very real. And and, and nobody can take that away from you. So, so you, have the feeling... you have the memory of the, of the emotion, you know? Yes. If you love playing fantasy football, but struggle to find the right resource to help with your research, the guys at Football Insider Edge have you covered. The football season is days away. Sign up now. Whether you are a season-long player focused on DraftKings or FanDuel contests or just like to make the occasional wager each week on a couple of games, Football Insider Edge provides you with the research tools and in-depth analysis to take your game to the next level. With their proprietary model, matchup charts, and industry award-winning content, the team at Football Insider Edge have devoted themselves to educating their subscribers, helping them improve their play, and in a few special moments, winning life-changing money. They are proud of the community they've built through weekly interactions on their Slack channel and take great pride in helping others to achieve their goals of becoming better fantasy players. As supporters of this show and the Liberty Movement as a whole, they are currently offering a 20% discount on any monthly or full season plan on their website. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code LIBERTY at checkout to take advantage of this discount offer today. Again, go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code LIBERTY at checkout. And 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 so if you're feeling this way, if you're if you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling that there's something that's not right there in your soul, even though the media is telling you everything's fine or or or, or they're telling you, be scared. And you're going, I don't know if I should be as scared as they want me to be. 
listen to your intuition. It's right. It sees the bigger picture. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not fooled by these media narratives. If you get the feeling that there's something wrong or something's not adding up, you're probably on the right track. And, and I think a lot of people, we've been trained over time, especially through the media and conditioned through our schooling system and things like that, to not believe our own eyes, to not believe what we see, to not believe how we feel about things. Wait, just wait. We'll tell you how to feel. We'll tell you who to hate. We'll tell you, you know, will tell you how to believe, you know, what to believe and how to act. Well, I don't respond well to that. I've never responded well to someone telling me how to, you want to get me to, you want to get me to a certain place. You want me to get me to, I've got to come to that my own way. I've got to come, I've got to come to it, you know, in my own time Mm -hmm. to get there. But if the media is telling me that I have to hate this group of people, my initial reaction is to say, well, well, why do you want me to hate those group of people? Or why do you want me to feel scared? You know, if the, if like, as an example, if the media had come out in the early days of the COVID thing and said, it's really dangerous. We don't know a ton about it. We've got the best scientists in the world rushing forward this vaccine. We hope it'll be out here as, you know, as quickly as possible. We'll get it out to you. But in the absence of that, here's some good ideas on how to maintain your health. Eat well, get a lot of sleep go to the gym, um, don't eat GMO foods, eat healthy foods, you know, get out in the sunlight, take vitamins, you know, exercise, do all these things. If they had said that, I would have, I would have a different opinion about this. Of course, they they didn't say that because they don't want you to do that. They They still haven't said it. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, if you're, if you're going Oh, it seems like the media forgot to tell us all these things. Isn't that peculiar that the media forgot to tell us all these really great ideas on how to improve our body? It's like, no, it's not an accident. You're on the right track. Keep going with that line of thinking. You're about to get there. You're about to come to the realization that the media hate your guts. They're not on your side. They're pushing an agenda. They are, they're told what to say by the council on foreign relations and Bilderberg and, German Marshall Fund and Pointer Institute and Atlantic Council and all these groups that are there saying, this is what we say next. This is what we say after that. Don't ever talk about this. Only talk about this. These agendas that get that get crafted, you know, years in advance and, and fed out to us. If you're having a, if your soul is feeling like an inconsistency with the messaging that's coming out, you're, you're on the right track. You should be feeling an inconsistency here because what they're telling you are lies and they're, they're, the lies are designed to make you feel a certain way. And then your actions will, will be a result of the way you feel. And so that's the trick. That's why the mainstream media are co-conspirators in this whole thing, be it 9-11 or COVID. Yep. Yeah. No. And I think that your example of the narrative being rolled out on high and then trickling down to all of the operators Perfect example was last week with Joe Rogan. I mean, the the way the way ivermectin shifted to horse dewormer across the board, everyone started calling it that, despite the fact that there is a version of ivermectin that is intended for human use, and it has been used in Africa for decades, and it saved God knows how many lives. And it's like these people, if you know this, you know that this is a narrative. This this is not based in truth or reality. Now, I'm not going to say definitively that ivermectin helps you. I don't know for sure, but there are doctors that believe that it does. And I'm going to consider that that doctor who's treating people and saying that it is unbelievable, it's a silver bullet, it's saving untold lives, is worth consideration. And for for 
Fauci and all these other sons of bitches to come out and pretend as if there's no merit to it whatsoever. It's like, but, but then the only answer is to take two vaccines and then a third. And then now they're rolling out two pills per day for treatment. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you want me to be, you want me to ab- like basically take my immune system, abdicate its responsibility for, you know, keeping me alive. And now you're going to have me on big pharma's payroll or the opposite customer role for the rest of my existence. I mean, that yeah. seems as if that's, that is the corporate narrative. And I can't believe people are buying it, especially after we just spent four years of people flipping out because they thought that we were existing under fascism because of Donald Trump. And now we live under economic fascism and the left supports it in mass. It is fucking crazy. Do you know, you remember those hip, those hypnotists that'll have a person uh, they'll hypnotize, like they'll bring them up on stage and they'll hypnotize them. And then they'll, they'll make them, you know, cluck like a chicken or they'll put a person in front of them. And they, and then they'll ask them to t- tell them, you know, what's the guy in the back row wearing and what colored shirt. And they, they're like red, they can see through it. Like they're totally like, I feel like they've hypnotized a huge segment of the population. You know, they were talking about like, Oh, you know, fascist Donald Trump's going to bring fascism. He's going to do this and this and this. And and all these people were waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And they want they almost secretly wanted it just mm-hmm. to, so they could hate him even more. And then it didn't it didn't come. And Joe Biden came in and he brought it. And now it's 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 right. You know, it's the person standing right in front of the hypnotized person, and they can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. There's a person you know, like they're looking, they can't see the person standing right in they're, front of they're them. They're looking through Joe Biden and all they see is Donald Trump. And you're like, wait, no, 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 it's there. It's right there. You're exactly. right, actually. But they're now you're right. right. You were stupid as fuck earlier. <laughs> right. So, so we've got to, we've got to kind of wake people up. I mean, like, I, I get a bit conflicted though, because I feel like wake up or don't, you know, mm. at this point or don't. If, if you're in that group that's either, unwilling or unable to recognize what you see around you, uh, I just at least get out of the way because mm-hmm. you're not helping. You're, you, you know, they think they are. That's, that's actually the most devious component of the COVID thing is that they, they convinced a whole segment of the population that they are going to help stop this by telling everybody, by being like the foot soldiers, the brown shirts to say, you know, rat these people out. These people are making this whole thing take much longer than it has to take. So I'm empowering you. I'm deputizing Karen uh, from Cleveland to go out there and go to that grocery store and yell at everybody that doesn't have a mask and all this stuff. And so now these, these people that are, that are leading, you know, dull, unimportant lives now have a mission. Now they're saving the world. Now they're, they went from nobody gives a shit about me to I'm, I'm helping, you know, <laughs> the Ralphie I'm helping, <laughs> you know, no, that, that, not that's helping. What, that's what makes those people so dangerous is I, I think you, yeah. you nailed the analysis right there is it's, it is people living tremendously unfulfilled lives. Cause I don't know anybody who's like really successful. That is like the Karen type, like, no, like I'm going to spend they're, all they're day. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing exactly. I'm not going to spend my entire day like policing other people's speech on social media and reporting them to the fucking feds and shit like that. But, but you have the FBI rolling out tweets all year about January 6th saying, if you recognize this person, contact the FBI and the Karens at home are just like, is that my cousin? You know, like I'm going to report that son of a bitch. It's like, that's your family member. What are you doing? But this is where we're at. You know, you have these people that are just completely vacuous, just empty vessels of human beings. And, and this is a product of a cultural decline. You know, when, when you have so many people in a population that are so 
so void of, of um, self-worth and, and self-drive and like achievement and having, having any sort of like purpose in their life that makes them fulfilled, including parenthood, you know, like if you, maybe, maybe you don't have anything else in your life, but you're, you're, you know, a really doting mother, like that's great. You know, like you can, you can still be a great person with that passion in your life, but there's so many people that are now they're, they're childless and they're just like, and they're careerless and they're now, now they're getting paid by the government to stay home. So they kind of, in a, in a way they almost feel in a, you know, a sense of allegiance to the government that is allowing them to continue yeah. to function while they cannot provide anything to society. So when the, when their employer turns around, which is now the government, since they're getting paid by the government and they say, do X, Y, Z for us, they go, I, I, sir, you know, and like, yeah. It's know. dangerous. It's da- yeah. these the, to weaponize morons is a real dangerous thing because they they get out there and they don't know what they're doing. They, they so so I I can't um, you know I I I have a I I have a a big mouth on me. You know I have a, I have a, a I I can't let that stuff go. So if somebody wants to come up and lecture me in the grocery store about it, you know I'm going to I'm going to react to that, and I I have to catch myself too. I have to well okay hang on a sec maybe I'm walking into a trap here. Maybe I'm allowing myself to get a a little bit more uh, bent out of shape about this than I than I should. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of you know check myself, and and I know that you know through the shows I've done I. I try and i mean I'm, I'm like you i'm trying to wake people up but there's only so much you can do in fact i put a um a quote in my first the octopus book a, a navajo proverb that says you can't wake a person who's pretending to be asleep and mm. i thought wow that that might be a, a large segment of, of of our population so our desire or our, our 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 sense of duty to wake people up Though anchored in uh, coming from a good place, I've come to a realization that you know what I'll wake up the people that are that are in a position that want to be mm-hmm. uh, awoke, you know, to want to be want to be aware of what's going on. But I'm not going to spend my time arguing with people that are that are that are resistant to it because we just don't have enough time, and I've got to prioritize uh, where I spend my energy. I, I completely agree. The 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 clock has been ticking our entire lives, but it is now loud. Like, like I can hear the thing. So I, I do not spend very much time at all going back and forth with people on online anymore. It's like, like I'm going to interact with people that are thinking freely and are open-minded. And beyond that, if you're just coming at me with corporate narratives, like I don't have time for you. And, and the quote that came to mind as you brought up the other quote, uh, I can't remember the, it verbatim, but essentially it's impossible to get a man to understand a truth if his paycheck is dependent on him not understanding that truth. It's like, yeah, yeah well, that's that's the case now because half of the people are net tax recipients. So it's going to be very hard for those people to see when financially they benefit from not seeing. And and that's why I think we we largely have a divide that's kind of 50-50 in this country. And, and uh, to take it to another white pill level. I'm very hopeful because so many uh, relatives of mine that are, you know, formerly big time MAGA supporters and things like that have really seen the light, you know, like these people are really now starting to get what I was trying to tell them a decade ago. And, and that, I don't know how you come away anything other than hopeful because of that. And, and now there's a handful of people on the left too, that like they, they value bodily autonomy and they're like, they're like, yo, you can't like, even if they believe in getting the vaccine, they still go, you can't mandate that. Like this is yep. against our beliefs, our core principles. Now, a lot of them have just 
thrown their principles out the window and they're going along with it because that's what all their friends do. But there is still that remnant, that small percentage of people that that go, no, this is, you know, this was a core value. I actually had a belief in this. When I say hands off my uterus, I also say hands off the uh, my, my veins. You know, you don't get to inject yeah. me with things. So I think yeah. that that the good news is that as it becomes more totalitarian, more and more people will start to wake up. The question is, can we wake up enough in time to actually be a meaningful defense against it? That's that's a good question. And I'd say a subset of that is of the people that have vaccinated themselves, those people tend to uh, they're already in that camp. Are they willing to switch sides? Is there a point to them switching sides? Like mm -hmm. if you've taken the vaccine and you go, well, I'm already on team vaccine, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to fight against it? I'm then I'm just acknowledging I made a huge mistake. Well, if you think you made a mistake, yeah, you need to acknowledge I, I probably shouldn't um, I shouldn't have have done this. But my fear is that everybody that's vaccine vac vaccinated is on that team and they're not switching. Mm -hmm. So and that and that number is only growing. Well, let, uh, let me let me white pill you a little bit. I have a do. I have a really good friend of mine who was, um, you know, granted, she's a listener of the show. So she was she was aware of some of the uh, the counter narrative. And but she still proceeded to get the vaccine. And three weeks later, she caught COVID and, and she is now about as radical as me, you know? So okay. like there are some people, I, I think particularly with the breakthrough cases, mm -hmm. you know, if that's even a thing, or if it just right, means right. that the thing's not working, I have no idea, but right. um, you know, a person like her, you know, it took her a long time, but she's now seeing the light. Like she's, she is getting that she was lied to. She was told if I get this, I'll be safe. Because that's what the narrative was. And people could pretend like that wasn't the narrative. Like, oh, no, no, no. It just means that it's harder to get it. And if you get it, it'll, it'll, it'll be better. No. In fucking January and February, the narrative was, you get two of these things, you are golden. It's safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. That's what they said. Turns out, it's neither. It's neither safe nor effective. And, and I think that a lot of people that put a lot of faith into that, because they, they were like the people that believed in the medical establishment, even, even though there was plenty of evidence that they were full of shit earlier on, when it came down to protecting them, they believed whatever Fauci says, if I do it, I'm going to be safe. And if they're still not safe, then you're going to get some more people shifting. So don't don't give up on those people yeah. entirely. OK, well, I, I won't. The, the, well, the, Walensky at the CDC flat out came out and said, if you if you get the two shots, you won't get covid. You can't right. get covid. Right. She said that on video. Not I mean, I've presumably seen sober. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Um, I mean, she seems a little unhinged to begin with, but but. But that was said. And anybody that tries to say, no, 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 they said it would make it. E Stop that. Stop lying. Because right. that's not what they said. They said you can't get COVID if you take these shots, which was a lie. And we all knew it was a lie. And we were screaming. It's a lie. And yet, you know, we were screaming. It's medical disinformation, right? She should be booted off of the off of every platform, right? I mean, if we're going to be in if we're going to be consistent in this, she should be thrown off. I actually personally don't believe anybody should be thrown off, but if we're, if we're throwing people off, then she should be thrown off. I, I would go, I, I would go to another level. If you have the authority to mandate people's behavior in the country and you lie to them about medical information, you should be imprisoned. Oh, like, absolutely. That, that's Absol my belief. Absolutely. But if, 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 so if she's going to stand up there and, and, and sell that horseshit narrative that, that everybody, if you get this, everything's going to be fine. You'll never get COVID. And then a huge segment get COVID. Well, we've got a problem and you, and she's the problem. So she's got to go. I remind people that, that have read the SPARS pandemic document from 2017 in that fictional scenario, the head of the CDC, the Fauci character in there, the BZ character, which is the equivalent of like the run DMC slash 
juvenile back that vax up guy, you know, the rapper guy who, yeah, yeah, who yeah, they yeah. bring in. Um, all those people are run out of society in the end of that document because the vax goes horribly wrong. Um, t- tons of people start dying from it, even more get sick. And they hold those people accountable and they throw them out of out of society. They never actually mention what they do to them, but but what they're they're basically run out of the head of the FDA, head of the CDC, all these heads are are are, are run out because it becomes quite obvious that it was uh, that they were lying and that mm-hmm. this was a, a much dangerous, much more dangerous uh, vaccine than they than they said. And what do you know? We're seeing the same things come out right now. We're starting to see uh, very big flaws in the narrative. So I do, I do have some optimism in this. It, unfortunately, the optimism comes from so many people get damaged by the vaccine and or get take the vaccine and then wind up getting COVID and realize that the narrative that they were told is a lie that they then wake up and create a huge problem. I hope that those people do that. I just don't want them to have to be hurt in order to get that angry and, 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 and see that and have that realization. I'd prefer that people didn't have to suffer to come to that conclusion, see, but if they're going to, right. You know, yeah. Well, see, this is, this is what makes me confident that I am on the right side of history because despite all of the mistreatment that people like you and I have received over the past 18 months, we still maintain a sense of concern for our fellow man. Yes. Whereas, whereas the people that are the pro vaccine mandate camp and mass mandate camp and the lockdown camp and all this shit, they want to see Joe Rogan die. That's yes. what they want. They would have been yeah. fucking thrilled if the guy who, who dedicates himself to, you know, spreading motivational thoughts to young men were to drop dead because he didn't go along with the corporate narrative. I mean, these people are fucking sick. And that's why I think, like, I have no doubt in my mind that I stand on the right side of history alongside people like you that say, we don't want people to suffer. We just want you to wake up. Just just don't imprison me. Come with me. Let's fight against this thing together, you know? So that's yeah. how I view it. Yeah, I, and, and that is because we we cuz cuz we have a soul and we care i'm not interested in being right necessarily i want yeah. i want this thing to be over i want people to not be hurt i want people to not be suffering i want the maniacs that put this agenda in place to be rounded up and dealt with trials nuremberg 2.0 whatever you want to say right. have it be fair have it be have it be televised <laughs> so the world can see it you know but have some accountability i think part of the part of what has got you know, what black pills people the most is, is this fear that there will never be accountability for those in positions of power for anything, really. I mean, you, cause, and, and, and to be fair, there hasn't been, you know, I, you could put, on, you could put to- on CNN and watch all the people responsible for the war in Afghanistan and Iraq and everywhere else on TV talking about the withdrawal and how disastrous it is. And it's like, motherfucker, we're there because of you, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh. Ari Fleischer's on there criticizing the withdrawal. Fuck you, Ari Fleischer. <laughs> you talked us into this, you son of a bitch. I see you on Fox News and you're going, yeah, well, you know, this, they botched this whole thing. Oh, f- shut up. We wouldn't be there if it wasn't for guys like that. You know, so in, to have these generals, yeah, of course, and they're paying them $600,000 a year to come on and give their thoughts about the war in Afghanistan. If there's one person whose thoughts I don't give a shit about with regard to Afghanistan, it's guys like Ari Fleischer, Max Boot, and these cunts that that talked us into it uh that project for a new american century guys through the bush administration that 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 made this war happen and now they're going to sit there and be critical of the evacuation strategy listen 
if anyone should be critical of the evacuation strategy, it should be all of us in the in, in the general public. But it should be none of those people in the mainstream media because they are co-conspirators. We wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for guys like that. So it's it's very frustrating. I I have such I have such contempt for the mainstream media, not because I just woke up on the wrong side of bed. Because for decade after decade, they are they have lied to us, and not just about like you know little things like Kentucky gun range footage. It might it should you know it's not Syria. It's actually Kentucky and everything. That frustrates me. But that's not the biggest thing. That's not the end of the world. When you're when you're Colin Powell holding up the you know your yellow cake uranium vials and you're talking about you know babies and in incubators and things like that that the media knows are lies that then set the pretext for convincing the general public to demand that we go to a war in which millions of people's people will die trillions of dollars will be spent that the military industrial complex will will put in their pockets that's that's reprehensible and and I, I will never forgive them for that and I and I put covid in that similar situation because the media has whipped people up into a frenzy gotten them f- fearful put them in in a low vibrational brainwave state where they're making fight or flight decisions. Like I don't want to take this vaccine, but I got to keep my job. So I'll do it. That's a shitty position to put them in. And the media has, has, has contributed to that. Oh yeah. To put it mildly. I mean, it, it's coercive by definition and, and, and my opinion, potentially criminal, what they're doing to people. And, and this is why, you know, while I said, yes, we, we, we don't want to see anybody hurt. What, what I meant by that, like, I wouldn't mind seeing the people that have actually, you know, led us into war where millions of innocent people died needlessly. Like, you should be hurt for that. Like, I do still believe in punitive, uh, I don't know, whatever punishment for, for doing something like that. I'm just saying the people that have been duped, I don't want to see yeah. anybody that was lied into supporting tacitly the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. I don't want to see them strung up. I don't want to see anybody that that believed in uh, mass mandates or vaccine mandates strung up. I, I, those those people are, are are victims as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. The people yeah. that propagate the narrative of lies, those are the people that have to pay a, a price. Otherwise, this this circle of bullshit never ends. And, and I'm not at all hopeful that we're going to see Nuremberg trials or anything for any of these people. I think, I think 10 years from now, we'll see Fauci on you know, MSNBC talking about how, how uh, heroic his, his actions were. I mean, but I'll be, I'll be listening to it from a gulag. So I, I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> I hope you don't snore, man, because we're going to be roommates. <laughs> um, yeah, da- da- Fauci will be on Dancing with the Stars <laughs> this, this fall, as we know. Um, I mean, <laughs> It, it's turned into a, a circus-like atmosphere. And and I love a circus, but not one that I'm one of the, you know... The tigers trained, being whipped. Trained animals being whipped by some guy <laughs> telling me I have to jump through these hoops when I'm saying, no, I don't, I don't want to participate in this. And, and it's... And then let's take this to just one, one next level. Uh, and, and that is what they're doing to the children. And that is... That's where, where you start to get into the... Uh, your behavior is unforgivable when you're when you're mandating these things for kids. When you know that even the corrupt, the deeply corrupt CDC says that this the the survivability percentage is ninety nine point nine eight percent, and the median death age is eighty years old, and yet you're putting kids in masks, you're putting plexiglass up on their desks. You're, you're you're telling them they can't interact with each other. They have to sit in hula hoop circles away from each other. This is criminal. 
and this is the th- where the gallows come into play here. I mean, the people that are that are involved in this, I have far less sympathy for. Those people are going, in, in my opinion, are the first ones in line for this because what you're doing to these children, you cannot claim it's it's science based because the science shows it, the exact opposite. So it's not about how you. It's not about science. It's about feelings and an agenda. And that to me is, it's just so subjective. There's no, how do you quantify feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and then it becomes, everybody's covering their own asses. So it's like the school boards are like, I don't know what to do. Like the state is saying, we've got to do it. I don't really want to do it, but if I go against the state, then now I've got a problem with the state. So I'm going, and I'm not trying to forgive that uh, or excuse that behavior sure. in any way. I'm not trying to say that they're, they're, justified in, in, in masking these kids. But I do recognize that some of them are put in a weird situation where like they're being told what to do. And they're like, I don't know how to react to this. So anybody that's, that's involved in this with the kids, that is, is unfortunately where I, I get the most amount of hope is that when you start affecting the kids, then you start to get like mama bears and really def- protective parents that come out and it's one thing if you're fucking with us, but when you start messing with the kids, then you're going to start to see reactions. And the reactions that we're getting like at these school board meetings are pretty promising. You know, we're starting to see a lot of people go out there and it's not just one or two. It's the whole place is filled and the, the council, the school boards are calling recesses and sneaking out the back door and going to their cars and needing police escorts and all that. This is a good thing, actually. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what you need to do. They need to know that there is pressure on them because for, for too long these people in positions of power have acted as though there's no repercussions in part because there haven't been. Mm -hmm. But if you have the ability to hold them accountable or at least make them feel like they're being watched, it changes their behavior. And I think that's a really important step. And I've been very optimistic when I see the school board um, protests the most, because I think that that's, that might be the, the foothold that we need to exploit. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. And, and as a, former San Diego native, many of those viral speeches you've seen have been from San Diego. And I did not expect that. I've been thrilled to see hundreds of parents at Encinitas school system and a bunch, bunch of different schools. And these parents are fucking losing their minds on these people. And it is glorious to watch. And the thing that I want to really drive home is like, it's not enough to just go protect your child. I want people to take that same emotion when you feel a sense of power, because what, what's really happened over the past 18 months is we've lost our sense of empowerment. We feel as if we are just kind of floating along in this dystopic nightmare and there's nothing we can do about it. If you realize that when you come together with a couple hundred people at a school board and you demand that your child be treated as a you know child and a free human being who's not a pathogen spreader, um, that that you should take that same feeling of success after you fucking have actually changed the course of history by protecting your kids and then apply it to your own life because you should value yourself as much as you do your kids too like you still deserve to be free too and and i really hope that that once people start to fight back against the school mandates because they care about their children more than they do themselves they then turn around and they say my now my employer that wants to force this vaccine on me not doing it I, there's there's millions of unaddressed job openings across this country. I'm going to go get one of them. I'm going to go I'm going to go create a business. I'm going to take those skills from that employer that I've I've been working on for the past 20 years, and I'm going to go work for myself because I'm not going to be treated like a fucking piece of shit or a slave or anything like that. And and this is this is the trend that we have to we have to push towards because it's like. 
that's that's really that's where our power actually lies is it, is in you know putting our feet down drawing a line in the sand and meaning it and i'm so glad that a few people are starting to actually show that and they're and what's interesting about the people that are standing up at these school board meetings is the 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 variety of race mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's men it's women it's young men it's old men it's young women it's all it's mothers it's fathers it's grandfathers it's black people hispanics white people you i mean this is angering people uh, across a variety of, of socioeconomic uh, mm-hmm. uh, categories. It's not limited to just white people being angry. It's not limited to, you know, to just the black community. Everybody's coming together on this. And then once you rec- like you said, once you recognize that you have power, you go, wow, look what we did. If, we, if this works for school board meetings, I wonder if it would work for X, Y, and Z. And City the answer council. is- Yes, it will. If you get people together, if you're if you're uh, if your job is mandating this, the boss is coming in and saying, you know, we're going to make these vaccine man, you know, mandatory. There's a pretty good chance that your boss doesn't know the ins and outs of it. There's, there might even be a chance that your boss is just being doing doing what he's being told by his boss above him. Or if it's a small company, and it's the owner. Well, guess what? You get everybody in your office that feels the same way. You walk into your your boss's office unannounced, and you say. All of us are quitting right now unless you scrap this mandate. You keep this mandate in place. We're leaving and we're going to make a lot of noise and we're going to make sure nobody shops with you or, 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 or takes a job with you. We're going to make your life difficult. That is not, that's not a bad thing. To, that's a bad thing to do if you're just, you know, if somebody just kind of rubbed you the wrong way and you decide that you're going to be an online troll. In this case, in this situation, it might be life or death. And so it's important for us to recognize we have strength in numbers. And I don't mean like mob mentality, like necessarily, but just recognize that if you're feeling this uncomfortable in your job that may start to mandate it, you're hearing rumors about it, or maybe it's even actually happening. You're probably not alone. Figure out how to try to figure out who's on your side, group up together. And it's, it's like, you know, Groupon showed that this this business model works, right? You get enough people together, we want a bigger discount than the than the normal person. Right. Well, are you willing to do that? Yeah, I'm willing to do that if you got enough of you together because it makes sense for me. Great. Yes. Take the Groupon uh, mentality and apply that towards using your that group as leverage to get your bosses to do what you want them to do, which is which is just not install authoritarianism authoritarianism allow me to have medical privacy and bodily autonomy despite the fact that i work for you are you allowed to to have a boss ask that every employee blow them right no probably not no no you're definitely not allowed to probably not i mean unless you work in a strip club then then i think it might (laughs) might actually well well, i think that's probably still illegal i'm not saying it doesn't happen i'm not saying it i'm not saying you should do it i'm just saying it might happen yeah so so like take the same principle these people are trying to treat you like a piece of shit just respond in kind like you don't you don't treat me like that yeah i work for you that's that's different and and if you're if you're a hardcore libertarian that believes private businesses have their right well then you have an obligation to quit working for that person because you still value your own bodily autonomy and your privacy more than you do that paycheck i hope so like and and another example that's that's mind bending is that they keep talking about how icu beds are overflowing and yet they are firing and furloughing nurses in mass not in masks in mass and right. and I just to me that's the that's the most hard evidence ever that the the uh, the lies about how overwhelmed the hospitals are 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 just so transparently bullshit because if you run a business and you're 
and you have enough beds, but you don't have enough employees to man those beds to deal with your patients, your customers, you're not going to fucking fire these people. That's no. insane. So, no. no, it's, 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 um, yeah. And also, I, I mean, a sort of a continuation of that is they, these people weren't vaccinated last summer and you right. wanted them working there. Right. Yeah. And they didn't all drop dead. Right. Well, and, and as if they don't have natural immunity after spending a year in a hospital dealing with COVID patients, come on. It, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole, the whole narrative doesn't make sense. That's why they've got us. That's why they've got to censor us. That's why they've got to, uh, you know, to remove us from these platforms. So I, I take an, an unusual approach to, to the censorship component of this. And I see it as a good thing, not, not mm-hmm. good for us personally, but I see it that it, it's a sign that we're, we're having an impact. If we weren't having an impact, they'd let us continue to talk they'd say talk all you want guys it's not going to change anything but when you see them censor things when you see them start to uh manipulate uh, uh, reality it, to try and to try and keep us quiet you have to ask yourself well if we're such crazy unhinged conspiracy theorists that don't know what we're talking about why are you overly concerned about shutting us up i mean if i'm if i'm going on and on and on about elvis eating ding-dongs in a in a in a safe way on aisle 4 they'll let me talk about that all day long right because that's just crazy if i start talking about ivermectin they've got to shut me up why is that is that because ivermectin is really dangerous or is it because they just don't want that narrative out there well exactly. I, so it so we've we've got a you know we we i get frustrated about this. Don't get me wrong. I get frustrated about the censorship, but I, I keep telling myself that they wouldn't be doing it if we weren't having an impact. So go harder, go, go faster, go, go after, you know, keep going and keep doing what we're doing. And, and, and the audience and your audience is, is like my audience. I know that because I get a lot of people that email me saying, Hey, I heard about you on, on Clint show. <laughs> Same, know, vice versa. Like, yep. Yeah, I'm like, listen, we, we, we've we got, have the, we've, we have the best crossover audience in history. I'm telling you, because I'm, I get, I'm I telling get... you, we've got a lot of <laughs> I, I I put the I'll, I'll, from time to time on macroaggressions. I'll put the word out, you know, hey, I have a question about this or, you know, someone fill me in. Man, I got a smart audience, you know, that knows what's going on. And, and I and I'm really appreciative of that. And I feel like, OK, well, let's let's keep let's keep our heads on. Let's, let's stay optimistic. I know I get frustrated. We all do. You know, you kind of feel like maybe, Oh geez, you know, it seems like everybody's against us and this big establishment is coming down on us. Well, okay, that's true, but we can still navigate. We can still make things difficult for them. And if we can, if we can gum up their, their narratives enough by, by showing the truth and exposing their lies then we're going to get people on our side more and more and more. And when you hit that tipping point, then it's all over for them. So we just don't know where that, we don't know where the fulcrum is. We don't know where the thing switches over and, and flips to our, our side. But I, I feel like I'm just going to keep talking about it. I'm going to keep trying to tell people to, to get out there and think about this stuff differently and analyze this information and don't be fearful, be objective about it and think about it with a, you know, like your fully functional brain and don't come at it from a place of, of terror and panic because it's never going to be the right solution. So, so um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, fascinating time that we're living in. I wish we were just kind of reading about it and not having to live through it because I, I feel like it's going to, it's probably going to get worse as we get into this, this winter, but, uh, but I'm here for the fight. Yeah. And, and you know what? I am a fighter and the harder the fight, the sweeter, the victory, man. And I think that like, 
like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be bloody by the end of this thing but i'm gonna fucking raise my hand at the end that's how i feel about it like i don't know how to lose and i'm not gonna fucking start now so i'm glad that there's people like you out there and and to your point about to your point about the censorship stuff i think that it's 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 not just hopeful because it means that we're on the right track or that there's actually we're making a difference and that's why they want us to be suppressed but it also creates a larger and larger market share for people that will value free speech like Odyssey and and these other these other platforms out there that are kind of popping up to to fill in this void as YouTube and other people start to throw people off and because you and I have talked so much about vaccines and whatnot like we always do uh, this episode will be exclusive on Odyssey because I don't want to yeah. I don't want to lose my channel on YouTube but you know I'm okay with that like I will continue to shift as long as I can get this message out to as many people as possible um, I'm okay playing the game because it only expedites their demise and and that for that alone we should be hopeful. I agree. And, and, uh, and, and Odyssey's great. I had Jeremy Kaufman on my show and he, oh, he's he, a legend. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a legend. He sees, he gets it. He understands the fight that we're in and he's built a, uh, you know, how they always say, if you don't like the current system, just build a different system, build a better one. Don't try and fix the broken one, just build something different. That's what mm-hmm. he did. He built something different, built something better and people are migrating there. And so that same philosophy, uh, I think sort of applies to all of us. Hey, listen, you don't like the mainstream media because they're pathological liars. We agree with you. Guess what? There's a different version of media and it's not like that. You can find it in different places, but you have to now look for it. You have to train yourself to not turn on the TV and say, well, what's on? You know, let's find out what's going on in the world on the news. That's not where you go to find out what's going on in the world. That is where you, where you go to get propagandized to. Right. So, so changing your relationship with where you get your information, I think is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and improving, you know, taking some additional steps, improving your body, improve thinking about things in advance, getting yourself prepared, be that like prepping prepared or mentally prepared or educationally prepared or prepared to move to transition into a new line of work because the current one that you're in is, is a dead end. That's never going to be any better. Take this opportunity right now when things are, let's just call it maybe the calm before the storm, Mm -hmm. take advantage of this downtime and start making those, those moves that you need to make uh, right now, because they're, they're going to pay off uh, in the future. So it's, we'll, we'll look back on this Clint and say that the censorship was the best thing that ever happened to us because it forced us to get creative and get off of those platforms and not have all of our eggs in, in the Google YouTube basket and or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, because we know we're, we're not long for those those platforms. It's forced us to then make different decisions and find Odysseys, Rockfins, whatever, wherever you're going to get your information, put your information out there. Those platforms are going to become extremely important. And the irony will be that they became important because the other platforms kicked us off and made us discover these new things and made it important so they exactly. they have slit their own throat with their censorship they just don't know it yet exactly now they're digging their own grave and and let's spin this super positively if you are one of the thousands of people listening to charlie and i talk right now just know that you are likely going to be responsible for changing the course of history and i am so grateful that you're with us on this i, I couldn't do it without any of you um so thank you so much for coming on charlie he is one of my one of my favorite shows out there make sure you subscribe it is macroaggressions with charlie robinson thank you for coming on brother thank you so much for having me we are nearing 300 five-star reviews on itunes again my eternal Thanks to everybody who listens, shares, subscribes. 
comments, every everybody that does this uh, helps lift this show up, and it means the world to me because I get to live my dream. I get to go and travel the country, meeting liberty-minded people, trying to start to organize and do just crazy, fun, intense, exhilarating things. And it's it's because this show gives me a platform and an opportunity to to voice my beliefs, and I know that um, I couldn't have done it without any of you. So. Thank you so much again. If you enjoy this show and you're on iTunes, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. If you leave a review with your social media handle, I will read it on one of the upcoming shows. And if you do it on Spotify or anywhere else, uh, that'd be great as well. Thank you guys so much for the support. I will be traveling through Tennessee for the next week, but I have three episodes in the can that you will not want to miss. Enjoy. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe